0: I'm David Oakes, and this is a special season of Trees A Crowd, one where I have chosen to stop talking to people in favour of taking ten minutes out of every week to talk about poplars, privet, pine, etc. Joy, oh joy, oh joy. But before Bella serenades you with our new jaunty jingle, which I hope has been buzzing around your collective heads and burrowing like all earworms should... Feel free to check out our website treesacrowd.fm for more information on this and our previous episodes and do please feel free to show your appreciation further by joining us on our Patreon account where you will also get each episode a few days earlier than general release. That all said, over to Bella Hardy.
1: Oh, the secrets and stories beneath the 56-ish native trees of the British
0: This week, the second native poplar of the British Isles, tree number 16. The aspen, Populus tremula. There is a huge amount to love about our aspen. It produces plump catkins that look like mini lemur tails. Its buds spiral up around the twigs in sharp scaly spear points. And when in seed, if in seed, more on that in a bit, There's more of that wonderful, poplar, snow-like candy floss. But, I would argue, anyone who loves the aspen, like I do, most likely loves it for its foliage. Aspen leaf colour salutes the shifting of the seasons. Traffic light leaves that are copper when young, green when mature, and then yellow to red as the autumn sets in. And then the breezes sigh. The leaves of the aspen catch on the air like no other. The Celts believe that this dance with the wind belied the tree's secret communication, a dialogue between the world of the living and the world of the dead. Aspen leaves lie at the end of extra-long petioles. These are the stalks that attach the leaf to the branch. This means that the leaves constantly ripple in even the slightest of breezes. It is hypnotic. Now, this state of constant movement has inspired people to honour Aspen with a whole host of nicknames, some of them ungainly, such as the Wagging Tongue Tree, or worse, the Mother-in-Law Tongue Tree, whereas others are verging on the poetic. Inspired by the Aspen's scientific name, Populus Tremula, the tremulous Poplar, we have the name for which I was first introduced to our Aspen. The Quaking Aspen. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned the aspen seeds, which, just to reiterate, are gloriously tiny fluff balls that take a journey on the wind to find homes for their roots. Well, the aspen doesn't produce seeds all that readily. In fact, the aspen only really tends to produce seed late in life. And in Scotland, where the majority of our aspens grow, one article I read said that no Scottish aspen had produced seed naturally in the wild for over 20 years... Which isn't exactly ideal for maintaining a burgeoning population, especially when humans like taking big axes to big trees to build big things. Aspen wood, for the record, is fairly lightweight yet surprisingly strong, ideal for pulping down into writing paper or for making boat oars and the like. So, picture the scene: you are rowing down the River Otter in Devon, powering along with your aspen wood oars and reciting poetry from your aspen pulp paper poetry pad. Say that again. Aspen pulp paper poetry pad. But what's that? Something on the riverbank, yes. A recently reintroduced Eurasian beaver. And who's that swimming up to the shore to try and get a closer look? Why that? That, ladies and gentlemen, is Sophie Pavel of the Beaver Trust with a speed round of her five favourite facts about beavers and their ongoing reintroduction to the UK.
1: Okay here we go five facts about beavers. So my absolute number one that I try and tell as often as possible is that beavers have bright orange teeth and they're bright orange because they're impregnated with iron of all the elements to help them cope with their daily diet of hardwood. Now, another dental related fact is that beavers can actually fold their lips behind their teeth, so that basically they can be underwater and continue to feed, which basically sounds like an ideal situation if you're a beaver. You're very welcome to try this lip folding behind your teeth at home, but I guarantee that you just won't be able to do it. So there we go, props to our beaver for being just so well adapted to its aquatic lifestyle. Now, sphincters, we've all got one, can be useful. Beavers actually have more than one, lucky them, (laughs) they've got a sphincter in their throat and then one in each of their ear canals and this basically acts as a valve which reacts to when beavers go under the water and the valve shuts to allow them to swim unencumbered by pressure and water and basically just be so well adapted to living a life both on land and under the water. Now something that really excites me from being in Beaver Trust and also being a nature lover myself is there are actually around 800 beavers across Britain now and there are new reintroductions and new enclosures and trials happening quite regularly now and at Beaver Trust this is something that we're really excited about spreading awareness of and educating people about beavers so that we can just get a little bit more used to the prospect of having them back in our waterways which is really exciting especially given the fact that they've been gone for over 400 years. Now, aspen and beavers are best buddies on the river, but I'm going to hand back to David to tell you a bit more about the ins and outs of beaver and aspen.
0: Thank you, Sophie. Yes, our aspen and our native population of beavers co-evolved over thousands of years, which led some to think that the absence of one from the environment, the newly reintroduced Eurasian beaver, might have had an unknown impact upon the other, our not very often seed-producing aspen. So, a Shropshire-based seed-collecting company called Forstart decided to play a little trick on aspen trees, with the hope of artificially inducing younger trees to produce seeds. They carved fake beaver bite marks around the base of aspen trunks. The hope was to simulate the stress to a tree caused by beavers. Beavers in the wild would level some trees, chew the bark of others, but this activity would produce a space on the ground for new seeds to take advantage. Now, I cannot tell you how the aspen has evolved to know that surviving a little beaver nibbling means that there's likely to be beaver-cleared space nearby, but somehow it does, because it worked. Although, truth be told, no one's quite sure why. Now, usually producing few seeds would lead to a rather short shelf life for any species, let alone the aspen. Shorter still in a world without beavers, and even shorter again in a world without Shropshire-based seed-collecting companies who pretend to be beavers, but... Aspens in the wild tend to reproduce in a different way. Aspens reproduce by sending out suckers and creating clonal colonies. To best explain this, allow me to introduce you to another tree, a non-native. This tree is the preferred foodstuff of the American beaver. It is the American equivalent of our aspen, Populus tremuloides, a tree also somewhat confusingly known as the quaking aspen. In Fish Lake National Park, Utah, there is a naturally cloned colony of one individual male quaking aspen. This tree has cloned itself by sending out suckers from its roots. This is similar to man-led layering that I took time to explore in our last episode, which must have seemed a little unnecessary at the time, but it is different in one key way. These suckers result in full-sized replicas of itself that remain attached to one another. The parents' tree suckers remain attached to the child tree, whose suckers in turn remain attached to the grandchild, which in turn remain attached to the great-grandchild, and so on. Indeed, even when the older generation of trees die, technically they're still alive in the younger cloned versions of itself. So this particular interconnected colony of cloned trees in Utah now occupies 108 acres and is thought to weigh 6 million kilograms It is known as the trembling giant, or pando, which is Latin for ice bread. It is the world's heaviest known organism and one of the oldest living creatures on the planet. One thing I haven't mentioned yet this week is that the Greek for aspen, aspis, means shield. The leaves look quite a lot like shields, and the Celts, supposedly due to the wood's lightness, splinter resistance and shock absorbance, wielded aspen battle shields. But the Greek's chosen name is buried in myth. A myth I will be exploring further next week. I'll just say here that crowns made of aspen and poplar leaves have often been found in ancient Greek burial mounds. It was thought that they would shield the deceased with a safe passage to and from the underworld. Right, having spent this and last week exploring two native poplars that you're not hugely likely to encounter in the wild sorry about that, next week I am permitting myself to explore an archaeophyte and her friend that you probably will. But to end this episode, a poetic tale of beautiful aspens which were sadly felled in 1879 and yet live on. Immortalised by the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins, this is one of my favourite species and one of my very favourite nature poems. As such, I owe a thank you the size of an interconnected clonal colony of aspens to long-time friend of the podcast, Sam West, for doing both the trees and the poem justice. This is really something very special. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. And with that, over to Sam.
2: Binsey Poplars by Gerard Manley Hopkins
0: My Aspen's dear
2: whose airy cages quelled, quelled or quenched in leaves the leaping sun. All felled, felled, are all felled, of a fresh and following folded rank, not spared, not one, that dandled a sandalled shadow that swam or sank on meadow and river and wind-wandering weed-winding bank. Oh, if we but knew what we do, When we delve or hew, hack and rack the growing green. Since country is so tender to touch, her being so slender, That like this sleek and seeing ball, but a prick will make no eye at all. Where we, even where we mean to mend her, we end her, when we hew or delve. Aftercomers cannot guess the beauty been. Ten or twelve, only ten or twelve strokes of havoc unselve the sweet especial scene. Rural scene, a rural scene, sweet especial rural scene.